Abigail. And this is Dan. Together we pastor Hope Culture Church in Elgin, Illinois. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. Um, We are continuing our series called Change Your Mind, all about renewing your mind, taking every thought captive, being transformed as you think differently. And it's been good. It's been encouraging for me. I know some of you have shared it's been encouraging for you, and I love to hear that. I believe God's going to continue to move and speak through his word this morning. Before we jump in and continue our series, I want to give a quick shout out to those in the room who serve on the Dream Team. Um, we had our dreamies. For those of you who are new or you're just still figuring out our, our language, our dream team is everybody who volunteers at the church. So some of our dream team is down on the other end of the church. Some of them are here. Some of them are serving um, and all that. And we, we celebrated them the other night. It was really fun. Uh, we played games and we did all those great things just to appreciate them. Uh, because what we remind ourselves regularly is that what God has called us to requires us and him. That's how God loves to move. God moves at the speed of the generosity of his people. Like nothing happens without God's grace. Like we can, we can work really hard and nothing will happen if God's not in it. But also God waits for us to do our part for him to show up. So I love that idea that God, we see God move because of his grace and because of people's generosity. And that looks like a lot of things. That generosity is serving, sacrificing your time. That generosity is, is giving sacrificially. Um, in a few weeks, December 3rd, three weeks from today, we have our final Kingdom Builders offering. We talk about Kingdom Builders fairly regularly. It's our above and beyond giving. So If you give to Hope Culture Church, you're invited to give beyond that to Kingdom Builders. If you don't give yet, you're invited to, hey, partner with what God is doing through the local church. And we celebrated some of those numbers on on Friday night. We told them, hey, we're like halfway to our goal. And I know we're only three weeks away from the end, uh, but that's just how we work in church sometimes, right? We're like, let's just save it all for the end. So if you've been waiting to see, hey, is there a need and pray about it, now's the time to start praying about it. Um, Because we've got some great projects we still want to fund. The way Kingdom Builders work, is everything that comes in goes to all of those things as we can. So if you give beyond our goal, we have other ideas. If we don't hit our goal, there's certain projects that, that we won't be able to get to. Um, so just to give you a picture, we're partnering with a couple of church plants who are getting ready to start next year. We're going to help them you know, buy equipment like this so that they can reach more people and multiply the impact of what God is doing. We're going to partner with Convoy of Hope. We at Feed My Starving Children want to be able to show up and say, hey, we're not just going to make this many meals to send. We're going to pay for everything that we fill tonight. And we're going to do that through Kingdom Builders. Um, and there's some other local things too. We'll, we'll talk about it more in the coming weeks, but I just wanted to put that on your radar. Be praying, God, what would my next step in generosity be? What do you have for me this morning? All right, back to the series. I hope you're ready to take notes. This has been a great note series. You're four times, Abigail says this regularly, you're four times more likely to remember it if you write it down. So pull out your notes. Today we're going to be talking about facing fear. Facing fear. A lot of us have fear. Big things, little things, things that are in our control, things that are out of our control, things that are real and in front of us, things that are imagined problems that could happen. uh, And all of that's real. I mean, 
If you turn on the news right now, there's probably some fear that you'll experience. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a war in the Middle East with Israel and all that's going on there. We've got an election year coming up next year. I know some of you have fear around Thanksgiving because of that. And like, what are my family members going to say? We don't all agree. Or you have some fear on just what's going to happen next year and, and all of that. Or, or maybe it's um, something else for you. Maybe it's the way that the economy is right now. You're worried about retirement. You're worried just about paying the bills next month. You're worried about that. You're worried about your kids. Um, there's, there's violence in schools, and you just that's on your mind. Um, maybe social media tells you that you're eating the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing, and that, that every day it's a different thing that will give you cancer, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing everything wrong. Uh, those are just a few of those things that are, are coming up against us. There's big things there's things that are actually happening that cause us fear. And like I mentioned earlier, there's things that we can just imagine happening that cause us fear. We have fear about our, our job security. We have fear about our career path. We have fear of dying. We have fear of failure. We have fear of public speaking. Do you know that's like a lot of people's biggest fear? There's, there's people who are more afraid of speaking than they are of dying, um, which I always think is very funny. So they're like, I'd rather die than go up there. Um, sometimes it feels like you're dying when you're up here and no one, everybody's just looking at you like, what are you talking about? Um, some of you have fear of social interaction. And when Allison was like, Hey, say hi to the person next to you. You're like, I uh, no." Um, some of you have a fear of loss or rejection or developing a disease or, or you have a headache and you head to WebMD and you're like, I'm either dehydrated or dying. It's one of the two. There is no middle ground. You have a fear of the unknown. Who's afraid of spiders? Yeah? Like, I don't know, maybe 35% of us, 40% of us. Um, what about heights? Yeah, different people, some of the same people. What about small spaces? I'm not a fan of small spaces. We were, we were on a trip last year um, with some of our, our church planning friends and a bunch of them all crammed in a European elevator, which is smaller than an American elevator. And they were way over capacity and it got stuck. And I was like, I'm so glad I did not get on there. Because they were literally like this, all of them. Um, and we made a lot of fun of them later. There was very funny things that happened on the elevator. But, but I, that's like my nightmare. I'm like, please, no. And then some of you just have FOMO. You have a fear of missing out. Like, we're all afraid of something. And a little fear can be healthy, right? It can keep you safe. You want your kids to have like a healthy fear of strangers. I feel like it, when I grew up, there was like a very big fear of strangers. Like everyone is trying to get you. I don't know if that was the message you had when you were a kid, but that was, that was what I grew up with. We had code words and we had oh, all this stuff and I'm, I'm for all of that, but I think it can be taken really far. But then you also don't want them to just like have no fear of anybody. Like you need that healthy fear of the middle ground. They need a little sus in them. You need to be like just aware um, fear of getting in a car accident helps you drive safely. Like we, I hope you get the picture. There's big things, there's little things, there's real things, there's imagined things. And fear is okay to have, it just can't have you. Like you can experience fear and there's a healthy amount of fear, but your fear should not have control over you. I love this verse and many of you know it and if you don't know it, it's a great one to memorize. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift. I added this first part on purpose because usually we just go straight for it. And we're like, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But I want to point out first, Paul is writing this to Timothy, who he's kind of like raising up to be another pastor. He's like on the way, he's like, hey, 
I want you to stir up the gift which God has given you through the laying on the hands. And he goes, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I wanted to point that out because he's telling Timothy, you're going to have fear as you even do the thing God is calling you to do. He's like, but don't have power, love, and sound mind. You're you're not supposed to be given over to that spirit of fear. Fear is okay to have. It just can't have you. There's some ways to know if fear has you. Is it causing you to live isolated from relationships because you don't want to get hurt or rejected? Is it causing you to like, to step back from what God is calling you to? And you're calling it wisdom from learning from past experiences, but you're not learning from past experiences. You're just projecting past experiences. That one, like you guys felt that one a little bit. I was like, everybody leaned back. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to hurt any feelings here. I'm just trying to tell the truth. Maybe, maybe you see it because you're a little bit of a helicopter parent. Like there's, there's like a healthy amount of protection, but then there's just like a fear. And you're sending your kid to school in a helmet and bubble wrap like little giants, and, and you just have this fear. And, and caring can be control in disguise, where you take it too far. And what you're doing then is you're not passing down an inheritance of faith, you're passing down an inheritance of fear. Your kids are going to pick up on that. Because faith and fear are so similar and so different. They're so similar and so different. A spirit of fear, fear will paralyze you from doing what God has asked you to do. But a spirit of faith will help you step into the thing God has asked you to do. They're like enemies, faith and fear. I, I love Hebrews 11.1, 1, where it, it, it gives a definition of faith. And it's like faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. And this is why we're so passionate about hope, because we think hope opens the door to faith. Like, if you believe God could do something, you start to think maybe he will do something. Like, that hope just cracks the door open, and you're like, well, maybe. You know, if he could, maybe he would. But faith is this assurance, it's this confidence in what we hope for, and even if we can't see it yet, even when we don't see it. But I would argue fear is pretty much the same. It's a confidence in what we don't see. It's just the other side of it. Faith sees the positive side and says, I don't see it yet, but I believe it. Fear says on the negative side, I don't see it yet, but I believe it. Do you see it? Do you see that correlation? It's so similar, but it's so different. It will hold you back. Fear will make you stop while faith helps you step forward. Fear looks at the problem. Faith looks at the problem solver. Fear is about what is wrong. Faith is about what is right. Fear will see the obstacle. Faith will help you see how God can remove it. Fear will make you freeze while faith will set you free. It'll help you move forward. That's why Paul, when he says this famous statement, we don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's actually in the context of telling Timothy, you have a gift and you need to fan it into flame. Like God has called you to move forward And I acknowledge that it will be intimidating, but he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You guys are going to hear me say that a lot today, because my hope is as you leave, that'll be going over in your head. Power, love, and a sound mind. Those are my three points for today. We're just going to go through them. We're going to talk a little bit. How does that have anything to do with fear? And the first one is power. 
We need to remember God's power when we're afraid. We need to remember that that's where our power comes from, that it's not anything I can do in my own strength. It's what he can do in me and through me and for me. I was, uh, I, here, I'll just show the picture of the roller coasters. Um, do you guys recognize the one on the left? It's a little blurry. What is it? From Six Flags, Raging Bull, let's go. That's my favorite ride at Six Flags. I also haven't been there in like a decade. So it, it, the last time I went, that was my favorite ride. Um, and I love it. And it's like a little scary, but it's like super fun. And I know that it was made by engineers who know what they're doing and it seems so stable and sturdy. On the, on the right side, that's like what you would see at a carnival. And that is what I will not get on <laughs> because because that was going down I-90 like four hours before it was set up. You know? And it's like, the difference is I know who's behind it. I know how it was put together. I know that those are two different groups of people who did different things to get there. And so I just want us to know on the ups and downs of life to know who is behind you. Who is the architect? Who's with you? Who has power over that? I love Jeremiah 32, 17. It says, ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. By your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. When we remember God's power, it helps alleviate our fear because we're like, God can deal with that. He is strong enough. He is able. He is power enough. He is powerful enough. Fear will help you focus on the problem, but faith will help you see that he is bigger than your problem, that he's stronger than what is against you, that he's bigger than that thing that is causing you fear. 1 John 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. And he's talking about the spiritual battle. He's like, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That it's not just God who has power. It's actually, we have power because he's given us his spirit inside of us. That the Holy Spirit is alive and working in our lives. That if we're open to it and his moving, the one who's in us is greater than the one who's in the world. That as we face opposition that's spiritual in nature, we don't have to worry because, because the power is on our side. Like it's, it's like that moment where Simba, you know, it's been a long enough time before I, since I've used Lion King, like I'm allowed another one. I only get so many a year. If you're new, I love Lion King. It's like one of my favorite movies. And Simba went to the area he wasn't supposed to go to and all the hyenas are there and he's like, he's surrounded and he like lets out this little roar and it's not good. And then, and all of a sudden there's a big roar behind him and they run away because his dad is standing back there. It's like, do you know who's on your side? Do you understand the power of the one who is with you? Psalm 118.6 said, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That sounds like a line straight out of like a Marvel movie. It's like, what can mere mortals do to me? Because God is on my side. God is on my side. He is more powerful. We need to frame our fear in the context of God's power. We need to zoom out enough to see our situation for what it is. And it might be serious. It might be imagined, whatever. Either way, we're feeling it. But then reminding what we're feeling, hey, God is bigger than that. 
He's more powerful than that. Do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were afraid? Probably. But even in that moment, because I mean, like I said, there's a healthy amount of fear. Like that's a big old furnace. But in that moment, they're standing there and they're like, you know what? Our God is with us and he'll rescue us. And they're like, but even if he doesn't, he's still with us. And this is what he's asked us to do. Their confidence in God's power is what gave them the boldness they needed in the moment. Their confidence in God and his power and his might to be with them is what gave them the confidence in the moment they needed. We need that. We need boldness in moments we feel afraid. And that boldness isn't in who we are, but who is with us. The power of God. Was Daniel afraid when he was thrown in the lion's den? Probably but he had confidence in God. He wasn't worried about the outcome. He's more worried about obeying God. God, I'm going to keep praying, even though there's a law that's passed that says I can't pray because I honor you. I worship you. You are my God. And God protected him. He had power over him. If you don't know how those stories end, Jesus shows up in the furnace and protects them. Daniel, the, the lion's mouths are held shut by an angel. God is able. He's powerful. The first thing we need to do when we're facing fear is remember the power of God. Remember that he's with us. The second thing is he says, he's given you power. What's the second one? Love. What does love have to do with fear? Well, we know first John says perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. I love that. There's so much about fear and love. And we, we can't love unless we first receive the love he offers. This is, this is 1 John 4. And we'll start in verse 17. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And just like we talked about last week, that there's things in our lives that should serve as signals, that our anxiety can serve as a signal that we need to pray, that we need to cast and call out to God, and we need to consider the big picture and, and course correct and all of those things we talked about last week. When we're feeling afraid, it should be a signal that we need to receive love, that we need to open ourselves up to the gracious love of God, that we need to, to have his love cast and drive out fear, knowing that he's good and he's kind. I love Lamentations 3. It says this, I call this to mind and therefore have hope. He's like, you know how I have hope? I bring this up in my mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. That, that it produces hope inside of us when we remember how loving he is. And that hope opens the door to faith. Love is powerful in our fear. I don't know about you, but when you think back to when you were afraid when you were little, maybe, maybe your room was dark or maybe something happened. It's like you, you want someone, maybe one of your parents to show up and be strong enough that you're not worried about the situation. And you also want one of your parents to show up and be kind enough 
to settle the turmoil inside. You want both sides of it. You want to know, God, you're powerful enough to deal with this. You're also kind enough to care. You're loving. In fact, Psalm 61 puts these two ideas together, the power and love of God and and our fear and protection. It says, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. It's this imagery of like a castle and structure and protection. God, you're strong. You're powerful enough to do something. But then look at the next verse. I long to dwell in your tent and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. This imagery of just a mother bird holding close her chicks. God is both powerful enough to do something and loving enough to put you at peace. If we have a distorted view of God, we're more likely to have fear. If we don't trust that he truly loves us, we might get caught up in thinking he could do something, but I don't think he cares enough to do something. We need to have a healthy view of God's love for us. When we understand it, it begins to change everything. He becomes a safe tower to run to. He becomes the the bird with the wings that you can hide under, the tent where you find refuge. That he's not just able, he's willing, he's good, he's compassionate. We love because he first loved us. So if, if Paul is telling Timothy, hey, when you're facing fear, when you're worried about moving forward and doing the things God has called you to do, when, when any sort of fear pops up in your life, remember, you're not given a spirit of fear. That's not from God. You're given power. That power's not your own. It's his. You're given love. You can only love because he first loved you, and you need to open yourself up to the kind of love that actually drives out fear. He's strong enough to protect you from what you're afraid of, and he's gentle enough to give you peace. We serve a good God who cares about your fear. He cares about what you're facing. He cares about what you're going through. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind, which really is is what this whole series has been about. Having a healthy thought life, being transformed by the renewed of our mind, taking every thought captive and, and working to be intentional Depending on your Bible translation, it might say sound mind, or it might even say self-discipline. It might say some form of discipline. Because having a sound mind doesn't just happen on accident. It takes some intentionality. It takes what we talked about on week two, having a different soundtrack of your mind. To give a little refresher of that week, we talked about how our thoughts ultimately come out in our life. That Proverbs talks about as you think, therefore you are, and and how all these different passages of the New Testament point to the power of our thought life. If you missed it, go back and catch it on YouTube or Spotify. It's good. But we said we need to change our inputs. Where are you receiving all that information? If you have a lot of fear in your life, maybe you should check what, what are the things that are feeding my mind? Am I, am I feeding on the right things as well as am I filling it with the word of God? We need to remove some songs. We need to, to look at some soundtracks in our mind and say, God, this is not from you. It's causing me a lot of fear. It's causing me a lot of anxiety. It's causing me a lot of worry. I know those are all different, but 
they fall under the same general umbrella and just say, God, I I need to remove that. But in order to truly keep it removed, you have to replace it. You have to know what God says about that thing. You need to meditate on his words. You need to study it. You need to have the mind of Christ. We need to be thinking in any situation. How would Jesus be thinking in this situation if he were me? Like if he were in my situation, in my situation, would he be worried about it? Would he, would he be stressed about it? Would he be trusting that his father loves him, sees him, is powerful enough to do something? And then we need to put it on repeat. We need to be disciplined in our thinking. We need a sound mind. Second Corinthians 10 says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If we want to face fear well, if we want to, in faith, step into the things God is calling us to, because picture this church, if, if we could turn down the volume of fear in our lives and turn up faith in that same area of what God could do, can you imagine the ways it would change our lives, the people's lives around us, our church, the community? That's fun to dream about. That's fun to think if I wasn't afraid to do what God was asking me to do in this moment and I stepped in faith in it, I don't think you can even imagine the ripple effect of that. The way that, that fear can be contagious, faith can be contagious. Other people see it and they step into it and, and God begins to move in unique and cool ways and you start to pass down an inheritance of faith to your kids instead of fear and, and you begin to see family members' lives changed and people begin to notice and, and in your workplace, people notice that you're standing up for the right thing and not, not compromising on an issue and it just changes everything. But in order to actually step into that, we have to be willing to remember God's power remember God's love, and be disciplined in our thinking. That last one's important, that we, that we need to participate. We need to remind ourselves, God is bigger than this. He cares about this. I don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but I knew, do know that, that he sees it and he cares about it. I couldn't help but in preparing for this message, also think about some of those healthy fears. And how often the word talks about how fear, the fear of the Lord or the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. That sometimes the, the best thing to do is have something bigger you're afraid of. You know, when you're growing up, sometimes you're afraid of not fitting in. And so you're tempted to do that wrong thing with your friends. But then you remember, well, I'm more afraid of what my mom's going to do if she finds out, you know? Sometimes you just need a, a bigger fear. And there's that healthy fear of the Lord that says, ultimately, I respect and care about him the most. That I don't have a fear of him and that he's out of control or mean, not that kind of fear. I, I have a, a reverence for his power and his holiness that kind of keeps me in line. 
It helps me make the right decision. Matthew 10, 28 says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. It's like, hey, there's real reasons to be afraid, but, but there's bigger things to be afraid of. He says, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And if you guys know, I am a joy, I am a love person. Like when we talk about the gospel, it's an invitation to the abundant life that Jesus offers. But there is the reality that there are two sides to this. There is heaven and there is hell. There is, there is joy and peace in God's presence and relationship with him. And there is separation from him. And this reminder in the gospels is like, hey, remember the bigger picture, like doing the right thing. That's like the most important part. And not just like checking boxes and being religious, but like following God and fearing the Lord. You know, Ecclesiastes, I've told you before, is one of my favorite Old Testament books because I love that he's just like, I tried everything. He's like, I, I got into money for a while. I got into women for a while. I got into knowledge for a while. He's like, none of it satisfied. He's like, ultimately at the end of it, he's like, just pursue God and keep his commands. And as much as Solomon is talking about the right direction of wisdom, I think the same idea applies to our fears is that there might be these real things happening in our lives, or these might be those scenarios we're playing out in our mind, but ultimately, I fear God more than that. I'm going to do what he's calling me to do in the middle of it. I'm going to step forward in faith instead of fear. I'm going to choose to trust my healthy, sanctified imagination rather than my mind's negative, unhealthy imagination. Because faith is the assurance, the conviction of things hoped for and not yet seen. But so is fear. So which one am I going to hold on to? Am I going to have a healthy imagination that honors and glorifies God, that trusts that he is powerful, that he is loving, that he is for me? Or am I going to have an unhealthy, negative imagination? Let me just encourage you with this. As we've been in a series on our mind and how our sound mind helps us with fear, I want to encourage you how when you become more disciplined in your mind, with this and you reflect on God's power and you reflect on God's love, not only does it quiet the fear, it also opens the door to so much freedom. It definitely quiets fear. And that's the point of what we're talking about today. But I just want to encourage you, like it opens the door to a lot of freedom because when I trust God is able and caring and with me, and I care more about what he says than anybody else, I have a, a renewed boldness and a renewed freedom that I'm just called to do what God's asking me to do. Whatever else happens is up to him. I can't control other people. I can't control what happens, but I know that he's good and I know that he's with me. I love watching movies I've already seen as a kid with my kids. That's like, it's so fun because they'll be sitting on the edge of their seat and they're gonna be like, what happens? Like, how is that situation resolved? And I'm just watching them and enjoying it because I already know how the movie ends. I already know how it ends. And ultimately, 
I don't know how any given situation about your kids or your career or what's going on or the things that are causing fear in your life, I don't know how they'll end, but I know how the big story ends. I know that it ends with all things being made right, that God redeems all things and that I'm on the right side that I'm going to choose to be on the side that, that one day has victory and all things are made light. right. It gives you less fear and it gives you more freedom. And so I just want to pray over all of us that we, we would experience that because it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. You know, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's, it's so many things. So God, we come before you and ask you to help us all of us experience fear to different amounts for different reasons. But God, you haven't given us a spirit of fear. You've given us power, love, and a sound mind. God, would we be disciplined in our thinking? Would we remember your power? We would re remember your love. And would it help us to experience it, to, to embody it, to be that to other people? God, we ask that you would set people free from some fear they're experiencing. God, that you would, you would touch their minds, you touch their hearts, that you touch their bodies. God, that you would just meet them right where they're at, that you'd give them peace that surpasses understanding, that's bigger than the situation because they trust you ultimately. They know, hey, one day this will be made right. One day I will be in the arms of Jesus, that one day I will be with my maker and there will be no weeping, there will be no pain, that I will, all things will be made new. God, we thank you that you are for us, and not against us? Would we take every thought captive and would we become more like you day by day as we renew our mind? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear about what God is doing in your life. To share your story or a prayer request, simply hit contact on our website. You can also support the ministry of Hope Culture Church by visiting hopeculturechurch.com slash give. We hope you have a great week.